Hello, listeners. Welcome to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. We are back with another stellar, exciting episode that uh, we've put together to help the good guys in business win. I'm not going to define the bad guys because you probably already know who all those guys are and you probably work for them and you probably, maybe you work for them right now. But you might be one and not know it. You so. might be one and might not know it, so stay tuned. Uh, my name is Zach Gandra. I am your host. And with me as always is the elder Gandra in the room, the inimitable Steve and Luis Gandra. How are you, Steve? I, I'm, I think I'm trying to decide whether I like be, being called elder or inimitable best. But since I learned how to say inimitable finally after all of these shows yep um and elder is not something that you necessarily want to be unless it's speaking strictly to wisdom and not age i'll I don't take know. i'll I, take an inimitable this week i think uh the book of mormon is replaying again here at the paramount in seattle so uh elder is a good term for a lot of people in, in that that's a that, play that part of the world yeah more the mormons probably don't like it but this isn't a show about plays so we'll just ignore that it's from the creators of south park which is a satire, right? A satire, well, yes. No wonder Mormons satirical, don't like it. Satirical, satirical. But anyways, uh, we're excited to have another great award-winning Broadway show here in Seattle. But anyways, more importantly, Steve, is elder just means it's the politically way, politically correct way for me to let the listeners know that you have more gray hair than I do. <laughs> so I can still pluck mine out <laughs> individually. You, on the other uh, hand, have a, a well, whole other level you, going you, on there. You know that... You're an elder when your wife really gets on your case about plucking out gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> or when, or you know you're really an elder when she's plucking them out for you. Well, and, and yeah, there you go. That's It's about to get awkward. And I've, ex- <laughs> I've, ex- I've experienced both of those. Yeah. So anyways, we have a wonderful guest today. You guys don't even know it because you're just tuning in today for the normal old Biz Culture Matter show on Clay1180 and ExcellentCultures.com. But uh, we had a snafu the last time we got into a recording uh, opportunity with our guests. So it was we we're great to have him back. We're excited to have him back. And it was important enough for us to get him on the show to make it happen. Um, so we want to welcome Mr. Kurt Kwok with us today, all the way from somewhere in Seattle, aren't you, Kurt? Yes, are I you am. In, are you in Seattle or Sammamish today, Kurt? I am in Seattle, downtown. Uh, wonderful. Ah, wonderful. You're blocks away from my house, why I am miles away from my house. <laughs> miles away. Uh, so, Kurt, um, tell us about the work that you do at ProLiant Surgeons and about ProLiance. Uh, yes, uh, I'll be more than happy to, Steve. And by the way, I'm a fan of the word inimitable. Nice. Well, thank you. You can over, say it better than me, Kurt. <laughs> over elderly, because it's, because it's less offensive. All right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm putting that on my notebook yeah, for yeah, the tally. We'll yeah, ask that of all the guests. That's because you have two daughters, and uh, you don't have any sons yet that can grow up to have a beard and call you elderly. I, that's right. That's so right. I feel like you guys are holding too much identity in whether you're old or young. <laughs> But uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to speak again. I'm very happy to be online with you, too, and the opportunity to uh, speak about the work that I do and uh, definitely about this company, ProLiance Surgeons, that I am part of. I am, the again, <clears throat> Chief Information Officer for ProLiance Surgeons, and ProLiance Surgeons is one of the largest surgical practices in the country with uh, 200 physicians specializing in orthopedics. Wow, 200 doctors. Uh, reconstructive surgery and and general surgery, and we're committed to providing the highest quality care available. And uh, some of the more interesting facts about ProLiance is we are the orthopedic uh, surgical care providers providers for the Seattle Mariners. Awesome. And uh, another unknown fact. So you're fi- just keep Felix's arm in good shape now, Kurt. Felix's arm <laughs> and maybe Kyle Seeger's, you know, batting Gosh, she's and doing all bad. that. Yeah. Who'd and we thunk? also have we also have several ProLiance surgeons and and physicians uh, catering to the Seattle Seahawks. So so we're very I'm very excited. To so be you're part of all you're that. a Super Bowl winning team. <laughs> you're part of They're, it. So now that, but the, but the big question is, now that you're a ProLiance, do you get tickets on the sideline, Kurt? No, we don't. Well, we but, don't. Well, that in, just would not be right. Well, instead of the chief information <laughs> officer, you've got to have a second title, which is surgeon's <laughs> assistant for all the guys that are at the games. There you go. There That's you probably go. a better term for us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but from a, a company size uh, perspective, uh, we do have about 1,600 employees here at ProLiance Surgeons. And I currently oversee an IT organization of about 35 people uh, serving the 1,600 people enterprise here at ProLiance. And we also have uh, about 80-plus care centers throughout the Puget Sound area, up north, uh, far north as Skagit County, and far south as uh, uh, Pierce County. Wow. And then we do have some clinics out in Tri-Cities as well. So it's a pretty good geographical area that we cover from an IT perspective. So wow. it's a great company with great culture, uh, surgeons-led and physician-driven organization that is uh, dedicated to quality care and uh, customer health or patient health, I should say. So very excited to be here. So, Kurt, are you on the road a lot with all those different locations, or is that all able to be done remotely? You know, unlike uh, Providence uh, in the past, when when you say I'm on the road, then I'm I'm in Oregon, I'm in California, right. I'm in Alaska. Here, on the road means I go up to Issaquah, awesome. or I come down to Tacoma, gotcha. or I go up to Edmonds. So I, 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 I guess you can say I'm on the road uh, visiting all these care centers, but it, it doesn't feel like it at all. It's actually pretty nice. Nice. We, we should probably ask a question to make sure that you haven't gained weight and picking up fast food in between those locations. <laughs> <laughs> this is golfing season, Zach. Steve and, I, <laughs> Steve and I were talking today on our way down here. I was like, Steve, we must get more time to get to the radio station between meetings so that we can actually eat a good meal. So we can eat a good meal instead of the fast drive through Yeah. So um, uh, we first met Kurt uh, a few years ago when he was the chief information officer uh, at uh, – Providence Health and Services, which is a large, huge chain of hospitals and doctors' offices and healthcare providers here in um, Washington State and, you know, in the Northwest, actually, yeah, Washington, Oregon, California. You heard Kurt speak to it earlier. And then uh, he does such a great job of, of building a high-performance culture in a very challenging, you know, world where technology is everything but Pete Kurt will tell you shortly and you'll hear him talk about this uh, about how he makes such a difference with people in a technology world but Kurt just keeps kidding every time I turn around uh, he's gotten another promotion and somebody else is recruiting him and wanting him to come and work for their organizations so just since I've known Kurt in the last oh few years four or five years uh, let's say you went from Providence Health Services and then you were recruited at the Washington Health Benefit um, uh, exchange and now um, at uh, ProLiant Surgeons and you, you keep getting more responsibility and more people and I'm sure your family is glad that you don't have to travel nearly as much as you used to. That is correct. I, I feel so blessed because I, I have been exposed to so many great opportunities and great companies but more importantly the great people that I was able to work with and also oversee, uh, oversee the growth and development of them so, uh, yes, I mean, the positive is that I am closer to home, which is a huge bonus and, and benefit for me and my family. But uh, I'm, I'm just blessed that we have just as, you know, well-balanced and great people here at ProLiance that I'm, I'm working with. So, so absolutely. Well, any time you're involved in, um, in health care, as, as Kurt knows so well, uh, you're in a business that's all about serving people. But in a business that is government-regulated and uh, covered with uh, paperwork and red tape and bureaucracy and, you know, everything that all of us know from our last experience at the doctor's office, you know, and legislation yeah. and uh, health information acts and, you know, all of these uh, red tape-driven processes, the yeah. challenges of the technology and the documentation and the bureaucracy and the government have a really good way of trying to get in the way of really what you really do, which is serving people. No, um, that, is, that is so true. Absolutely. Yeah, and we wanted to have Kurt on the show because he has tons of experience and is exceptionally good at uh, building cultures inside of the organizations with that he's represented and worked with and led with technology-driven folks um, in a very meaningful way that really make a huge difference. And I, and I say that because I've had the opportunity to interview um, managers and employees who worked for Kurt before and see data on what their culture was like. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that's extremely wise. So we wanted him to come on the show and share, first of all, you know, his vision for what a culture of ethics values and employee engagement looks like 
which I'll ask him to do shortly, and then, you know, tell us some more of his uh, secret sauce around how he goes about operationalizing that in uh, technology-driven organizations in a business that is so full of red tape and bureaucracy and documentation and challenges and, you know, good golly, just with the medical malpractice suits as they are today, uh, this is a very challenging business where the tiniest little mistake could cost someone their life. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Kurt knows that very well. So, Kurt, share with us, share with the listeners your vision of of a culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement and what it looks like. Well, uh, by the way, thank you so much, uh, Steve. You always flatter me every time you and I speak. Well, we just just tell the truth. (laughs) I'm not not worthy, but I I thank you anyways. And uh, that's a big question, so I'll try to... Uh, dial down as much as I can to get to some of the critical points of those. But it all starts with uh, who I am as a person and what I want to sort of display and demonstrate to the the, the audience uh, that I'm I'm part of. So which is, uh, first of all, a couple of uh, tenets is um, being true to yourself and being true to myself. I don't want to be anything that I'm not, nor am I going to try. And if I'm, if I'm in an organization that is forcing me to change who I am or what I do, then I'll know that's not a cultural fit. And what I like to do is bring that along with me with the people that I'm working with, and I ask them the same question, are you true to yourself, and are you true to the organization? Are you being who you are? And if you are, that's great. And if not, let's talk about that. And those are critical conversations because they realize what they're not. And they also realize what they want to be. And that's when the gateway opens up for us to uh, discuss individual development plans and really get them to align with this vision and culture that we want here at ProLiance Surgeons or whatever company I'm with. But whether it aligns fully with the company culture or the company mission, I mean, it would be great if it does, but usually it starts with your organization and your department, and you try to align what you set up there with the overall company culture. So, um, yeah, just just focusing on yourself, focusing on the foundation that you're building off of, and emphasizing things like work-life balance, emphasizing the fact that employees are some of the best and the most uh, valuable resources you have in the organization, so you got to take care of such things. Uh, and, and making sure that you're there for them and serving them in that whole servant leadership format and, and just just being true every time you talk to them and consistency so they know that you really mean what you do. So a uh, lot less words, Steve, like you and I talked about, but, but demonstrating with action and deliverables and, and, and just being true to your word in a lot of ways. Wow. That's, right, that's a mouthful. That's we got to go into our first break, Kurt, so I got to cut you off. Thank you. Uh, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. Send us an email so we can answer it right when we get back from the break. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. We'll be right back. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome, because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. 
based on science. They reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. And we're back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 11. AM and excellentcultures.com. We are with our special guest today, Mr. Kurt Kwok, information, uh, chief information officer at uh, ProLiance. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So over the break, uh, I did a little internet search here for questions you would ask someone you're hiring into your IT department, Kurt. And these are <laughs> legitimate questions that okay. large technology companies actually ask. Okay. And I'm not going to let you, I'm going to give you one. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you what company does it because we don't want to make that company look stupid. <laughs> as long as it's not ProLiance. It's not ProLiance. Do you want me to say the name, no, Steve? It's up to you. No, we know it's not ProLiance. Okay, so do you want me to say the name? Can I? It'd probably make no, it more funny. Don't, don't say the okay, name. Okay, don't say the this name. This is a show about helping the good guys so, win, not shaming the bad yeah, okay, guys. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. good. So, Kurt, this is legit from a very from a large tech company. One of the One of the questions they ask in an IT interview is, why is the tennis ball fuzzy? <laughs> is that something you'd ask in your uh, job interviews? <laughs> God. I don't even know the answer to that. Yeah, that's got to be a joke, Zach. No, I it's mean, serious. You I'll... can't believe everything you read on the internet. Okay, well. Boy, it... Zach, uh, you really stumped me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I was know. sitting there and you asked me that question, I, I would probably yeah. just fold my folder and just walk out. Oh, there you yeah. go. Zach's a creative guy. It's so a, it's a, let's... Let me throw out that is a it was from it's from a for, formidable, well respected, uh, business site that I'm on right now. So <laughs> let's just say that they're that quite possibly these are interview questions for these companies. Well, well, Zach, a while back, I, I heard stories from this very reputable software development country in Redmond. Yeah, that they took pride in the fact that they can make candidates cry <laughs> during interviews. Wow. And they would actually high five each other if a candidate cries and walks out, or it's a joke. Oh those my those gosh. are the, I think that's that was probably the same company that made the CEO resign by walking out on the CEO's presentation. Oh but we're not going to name anybody. <laughs> okay, let's go back right, to the good right, guy right. stuff. You've okay. got us some more good guy stuff for Kurt. Okay, there. so I, I wanted Kurt to go a little deeper because yeah. um, you know it's easy to say some of the great things that he just shared with us about you know, the culture that he likes to build, you know, be true to yourself and make sure that, you know, you're true to your people. Um, Kurt, tell us, how do you operationalize some of those principles? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you just you just started in a brand new, you know, senior leadership position, yeah. um, you know, here with the ProLiance organization. What, what are you doing to practice that with all the uh -huh. new folks that you're meeting for the first time? Well, it starts with uh, this belief system, uh, affirmation. You, you set and believing it's going to be this way. And you also have to sort of scan this organization for those who have the appetite to embrace uh, th uh, that type of concept. And it's, it's not really hard here because these folks are good people who, want, who come here every day wanting to do great things. And some of them just don't know how to do it because, one, they haven't been exposed to it, and, two, they just haven't seen it. Uh, I guess they're the same thing. So, so they're yearning for it. And every time you sort of speak to them about things like this, you could see their eyes perk up. Really? I call, those, uh, I call those sparkle in their eyes. When you see someone's really interested, then, boom, you could see that energy coming out of them because you have their undivided attention. Now, there's another piece to this, which is, uh, at least in my mind and my experience, you have to go into this knowing that you're not going to get 100% compliance from everyone in the organization. You have to sort of realize that and you have to accept that. 
So I'm okay with going 75-25 as long as the 75% includes your direct reports and people that you know are the change agents in your organization. Sure. So, and to operationalize that, Steve, is just a continual practice, continual discussions, and, and doing things in addition to the day-to-day operational support that shows them that you, you really are what you say you are and, and, and that you really mean what you say when you talk about changing the culture and implementing things like this culture of customer service and culture of accountability. And some may think uh, they sort of are opposite of each other, but no, I think they go hand-in-hand hand because uh, if you have an issue and you run with it and you see it to end, that's both customer service as well as accountability. So those are a couple of ways that I, I like to start off and, and just to get a sense for where the organization is from a maturation perspective to really not only understand it, but they have, uh, but they could absorb it as part of their uh, overall system. Well, it, it's so very well said and how refreshing it is to speak with a tech guy who really believes in, in people stuff. I mean, the biggest challenge is that that you know any organization has about anything is you know to to be able to perform at high levels it's keeping it about the people instead of the numbers and when you're in a business like as we mentioned earlier like healthcare where it's all about the people and you know one of your uh, uh, tech leaders could uh, make a mistake and cause the system to go down that could potentially even cost someone their life when you've got physicians and nurses who are depending on the veracity of the technology system to to hear someone like you talk about you know the value of people instead of a lot of tech talk is extremely refreshing not and not that tech talk isn't valuable because if you don't uh you know you can have all of the great people skills if you want but if your guys and gals don't don't perform in the functional areas that allow your you know your physicians and staff to be able to operationalize and keep all of the government regulations and requirements and implement what they need to implement with That's medical right. records and everything else then then nobody gets anywhere yep yep and then Steve it's so easy to to create a strategy and dump it on people it's so easy to do and anyone could do that you don't have to be a CIO or you don't have to be an IT to do that but I think the hardest part of being a CIO for healthcare is the fact that you're creating a solution that's half technology and half half usability, ease of use, or people-related, that makes it work for the system. And, and I, I've seen so many organizations struggle with that because, again, they sort of lean toward the easy method, which is, okay, here's a solution. Let's, boom, do it, yeah. whether it impacts everyone or not. Yeah. And, and this ProLiance is one of those organizations where – you know, they're so open to many ideas, yet how do we do that in a way that that's going to work for them, that doesn't interrupt their workflows or uh, interrupt their practices or surgeries or uh, other appointments? So that's what we're focusing on, making sure that we provide the right solution at the right time. So it's so easy to be high-tech when you're in the high-tech world. Correct. But what I hear you saying is that if you get so high-tech that you forget about high-touch, uh, then... Uh, Things implode on you sooner or later, and when they do, uh, it's it's a lot more difficult to get out than if you have a team of people who are behind really doing it right and doing it because they care, not because it's just their job. That's right. That's right. And then uh, the stakeholders, the physicians and nurses, they will realize that we're here to serve them. We're not just tools that they're using to get their job done. And they'll start to speak up more, and they'll actually allow us to be part of their strategic decision for the business. And it it just becomes a better organization that way. Sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. Very insightful, Kurt. Looking forward forward to to, uh, seeing more guys in your sector follow your lead and follow your role of the right blend of high-touch with high-tech. Uh, you know, the- I think that like if you guys ever remember, we're old enough. I'm old enough to remember the skit on Saturday Night Live with the IT guy, <laughs> right? Like Kurt's already blown that stereotype out of the water yes, for a chief information officer. <laughs> yes, Move. Yeah. My computer's not working. Did you turn it off <laughs> or turn it on? 
Like it's just out of, out of control. Like it's it's you've already blown. If people have had bad experiences with with i with information technology, you've already blown it out of the water, Kurt. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for Thank sure. You so so Kurt, um, the most recent Gallup employee engagement poll came out last October. Comes uh-huh. out every two years, and seventy um, percent of our workforce in this country, according to the poll, are disengaged and hadn't changed. That hasn't changed much since yeah. last Gallup poll two years prior to. So we, we've got this workforce that seven out of 10 are disengaged. This year it went so far as to even measure that 18% said they actually hated their jobs. Mm-hmm. And the most common reason for hating their jobs was, was they hated their boss. Yeah. Um, and, you know, actually said that on the poll. Can, wow. can you give some of our listeners, businesses, you know, who are people-dependent, like your business is, some tips on and advice on, you know, what can they do to, you know, what can we do as leaders to turn this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, engagement debacle around? After okay. the break. After, after the break. break. He's okay. got to answer it after the break. You got break. a chance to think about this, Kurt. You got to think got about it. it. All right, guys, Thank you're you. listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. And we need to go into a break. But while we do, as long as you're not driving, Email us at asktheexperts at excellentcultures.com. Shoot us a question. We'd love to engage in conversation with you. We'll be right back right after the break. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy. To-do list. Done supersonic growth but over time the sharp edge gets dull and good is good enough why because companies forget that bigger is not always better that politics crush people innovation and creativity and before you can say rotten corporate culture social media posts are infecting your business the answer it's not just your corporate strategies it's your corporate culture excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast these guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500 or a new biz and want to get it right, Excellent Cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now, or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. You're back listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. You are on the air, or we're on the air, Steve and Zach Gandra, talking to Mr. Kurt Kwok from ProLiance, a chief information officer who's already blown up the stereotype that uh, Saturday Night Live so specifically put out there years ago about IT guys not being about personal touch. <laughs> already blown it out of the water. So we, had a, we ended right before the break with... Uh, a, question from you steve and regarding employee engagement is there anything you want to clarify well, before what, kurt what i asked kurt before the break was uh in short with this you know recent gallup poll uh giving us the score on 70 percent of our workers in this country being disengaged in their jobs and 18 percent hating their jobs and most common reason hating their boss you know what are some tips for other business leaders whether they're information officers like kurt or not uh to turn this thing around I, you know, excellent question. 
uh, Steve. And another stat that I heard was that on average, only about 46% of a cup of the professional's capacity is being used uh, on a regular basis wow. in any workplace is what I'm hearing, wow. which tells me you're wasting about 54% of that individual's capacity wow. on a daily basis. Wow. So I think maybe one tip is, okay, are we truly leveraging that individual for their capacity or are we even exploring their capacity and identifying things that he or she can do more of? And that also comes with respecting that ability, right? If you just peg them onto one task and you expect them to do just one task only or whatever or limit their capability, that's, to me, disrespecting who they are as people and professionals. We pay good money for folks to do good work. And, you know, I don't want to sound too business-like here, but we want to explore their full capacity. So as an example, uh, I don't know if you guys heard Microsoft laying off 18,000 people worldwide. Oh, we saw that. That's been right. in the news for the last couple of weeks. And, and they said that was about 10% of the worldwide workforce at Microsoft or something like that. Wow. So what if Microsoft, instead of laying those people off, what if they found a way to increase their people's capacity by another 10%. So instead of using 46%, what if they find a way to leverage 56% of their capacity? Could they have mitigated laying off 10% of their workforce because they gained 10% of productivity from their people? Yeah, probably so. Improve morale, improve productivity? Probably Mm -hmm. so. And even with, with, um, you know, if, if they decide to shut down a whole division because it's no yeah. longer fitting their business model, right. what would the difference be if if you had people who were fully engaged and yeah. were using 10% more of their ability, their potential, their talent, how much yeah. more effective would they be at recreating the next step for the next new breakthrough in technology, even if they're working, and how much more flexible would they be in making a transition to a different division, even if they weren't going to work in the one that's that's not going to be there anymore? Exactly, Steve. And instead of using surveys or Gallup polls, how, how hard is it for a manager to ask an employee, so what else do you want to do here? What else do you want to do in addition to what you're asked to do? And let the employees tell you and then find a way to allow them to do that so they feel more involved, engaged, and more productive because now you're reinforcing the fact that they're doing better and more things. I think it starts with that. Yeah. And if you do that regularly with your direct reports, managers, directors, then the expectation is that they would do the same thing for their employees. And then you sort of see a cascade down. And, and then that's when we start to talk about this great productive culture where everybody's talking, everybody knows where they're going, and they feel more productive because they have more say into what they're going to do. Yeah, that's amazing that you should share that. Last week we had a guest on the show, uh, Mark Canlis from the Canlis Fine Dining uh-huh. Uh, you, you know, a third-generation business leader that um, just shared some great insights on that. And his perspective was he learned it from his dad uh-huh. because they have a and, – and listeners, if you haven't heard the show, make sure you get to excellentcultures.com slash podcast, podcast and slash podcast and listen to, uh, to Mark's insights because what he learned from his dad – because they actually have, you know, all of their cars are valet parked. And, uh-huh. and they have a parking attendant that's been with them for 31 years wow. who, who remembers every single person and their car without a numbering system, without technology, without tags. He knows the people, and these are not repeat customers. He, he meets them for the first time. He remembers them. He sees them walking away from their table, runs and gets their car, and their car is waiting for him by the time they get to the door. And uh, Mark was telling us a story about his dad, who was the second generation at uh, Canlis Fine Dining, was actually teaching him about how to remember people's names because it's yeah. such an important part of their service. And his, his instructions were really, really easy. Um, if I gave you a million dollars, could you remember this person's name? And <laughs> Mark's response was, of course. Yeah, of course I could. And the bottom line is we don't remember people's names because we don't care. Yeah, and if we if yeah. we really care, then you don't have to memorize people's names; they just stick. If we really care, uh, then we don't have to ask all of the right questions and have all the right tactics to be able to, uh, you know, build a culture where people are using more of their performance and operationalizing, and they're engaged, and all the statistics are working in the right direction. And it sounds like Kurt, you know, you've learned the same philosophy. If you care, 
then uh, you get the right ideas, you have the right conversations, uh, yeah. the right things come out, and you get great outcomes. But if you don't care, it's real easy to miss the mark. Absolutely. And I admit, when my IT organization in Providence was over 190 people, it was tough to keep track of who was what because we had some turnover. But one of the employees at the state of Washington, you know, a few months back, when I addressed her and we started to talk a little bit, she made a comment to me that I was the first leader that she ever worked under that remembered her name or knew her name. Wow. I was scratching my head. Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh, but you know, you're so right. If you care, then you'll know who they are, and you want to know who they are. And that's the approach that I like to take every day. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, uh, you'll recall, Kurt, that we first met when you were um, in that position, the I, you know, the IT leader for over 190 yeah. people at the uh, Providence Health and Services Organization, huge organization, you know, tens of thousands of employees, yeah. m- multiple locations. And, um, you know, we had the opportunity to go to work on a culture project with you and those 190 people. Yeah. And the process just generated some huge breakthroughs yes. that, that were about your passion for culture. Yeah. Um, and, and you used excellent cultures tools but, you know, we say this time and time again. I mean, our, our greatest qualifying, you know, question in terms of will an excellent culture process work for your organization is the shrink joke. How many shrinks does it take to change a light bulb? Only, <laughs> only one, but the light bulb's really got to want to change. If you, if you have a leader who really cares. I love that he laughs. Yeah, <laughs> really cares. <laughs> really cares and really wants to make a difference. Um, and it's so much easier to, to talk about this than it is to be it. Right. Um, and, but, but you did, Kurt, can you share with us here, you know, some of your insights on, on some of the huge breakthroughs you guys had as a result of operationalizing that culture process when you were at, uh, Providence Services? It, uh, one of the first things I noticed immediately was the level of comfort of that group of folks that got trained had with each other after the sessions. They were able to pull each other aside and have a uh, clarification session or additional, uh, more in-depth discussion on specific topics discussion. So meaningful dialogue. Session. Meaningful dialogue. And I saw that in groups of five. I saw that in groups of 15. I saw that group in two. They were just doing it on their own. I didn't have to say anything. So, so they knew the importance and they embraced the importance. And they would also come back to me over time to let me know, this is what I tried to do and it didn't go too well, Kerr. What would you suggest I do differently? So they were trying to figure out a way that would work for them and their teams as well. So it's not just taking the template and trying to place it over people, but actually trying to figure out how can it work the right way for those people that they're managing. And it just created this environment of trust, environment of comfort, and environment of just being one, uh, just being, uh, they wanted to be there and they wanted to deal with people. They wanted to work with people. And they wanted to learn more. So it also turned into this culture of learning mm. continuously. Yeah. yeah. Because there were so many things we haven't discovered once that concept was introduced. So absolutely, Steve. It was such a great moment. And I, I'm, I just feel bad that it didn't last as long as we would, have, we would have hoped, but certainly started something great. And I think a lot of those folks are actually continuing to do those things today. Well, uh, trust... <laughs> Trust and continuous learning are huge, huge outcomes mm-hmm. in terms of performance generators for any organization that is people-driven. Yeah. And the fact that, um, you know, it would have lasted longer except, you know, you got hired away to do a bigger, better, a bigger, bigger, better job, which was, you know, uh, we're happy because you're, you're constantly serving more people and making a bigger difference. Mm-hmm. And um, you know the you know the one the reason that we have this show is so that more leaders can learn some of your insights and secrets from guys like you that are really making a difference, and uh, that helps everyone. Thank you. Yeah, Thank when you the good guys you. win, everybody wins. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we got to take our last break. So, Kurt, get ready. We have our last segment, which I believe is going to be our best segment for the listeners. So we'll be right back, guys. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. Send us an email right now. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. We'll be right back. Clay 1180. 
Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say, rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. We are back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 and excellentcultures.com. And we have on the phone with us Mr. Kurt Kwok of Pro Alliance, Chief Information Officer, uh, who has blown out the old stereotype that IT guys need to be punched in the face. Because <laughs> you just you just want to you just want to hug Kurt and then follow him through hell with a water gun. Because uh, this has been ov- already a great show. And one of the one, as we as we queue up the next part in the last segment of our show today, Kurt, what I really appreciated and I hope the listeners really caught wind of in our, our previous segment was that we get involved in our companies and we have all these policies and procedures or ways to create transparency, intimacy, uh, you know, relationships within the company that, uh, you know, help culture and build morale and do all these things. But one of the things I noticed that you mentioned was all of that is great. However, every individual person is different and every individual person does not fit into a policy or a procedure. And um, that's one of the beautiful things I heard you say was it's like when we care about the people, we realize a lot of times as leaders, we just get closed minded and we're like, well, the policy didn't work with this one or the procedure that I'm used to doing didn't work with this one. Instead of looking them at a person, caring, diving in their boat with them or getting in their boat with them to walk out, whatever, whatever they walk out is such a huge, huge thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Zach. Like uh, I'm speaking with Zach and Steve right now. I'm not talking about two radio jockeys mm. as an example. An employee has a name for a reason. They're not yeah. just a number or they're not part of a larger FTE count. It's got to be individualized because they all have they all have brains, they all have minds of their own, and they have different interests. So I, I think you need to cater to that. And, and yes, consensus will always win, but really you've got to look at what people are interested in and, and customize it accordingly. Now, one thing I just can't stand, and I've seen, I do see people do this, and these are the inexperienced managers who are trying to flex their management muscle, is, hey, I got this great idea. We're going to do this today, and you're going to dedicate four hours and, and do this exercise with me. And when they ask a simple question, so what do you want to do afterwards? They'll sort of look at him with a blank face. Well, I don't know. Mm, that's when you should say, okay, maybe we shouldn't do this today. In time, maybe, but hold on. And, and have a longer-term vision and strategy for what you want to do with your team. Oh, I, I just think great. too many of that to to know how painful that is, not only for the manager, but for the employees. Right. 
because then it builds skepticism and, and questions the culture of the organization, and it's very unhealthy. Very true. So, Kurt, so, so many leaders think that having a great culture is just about warm and fuzzy stuff instead of high performance. Uh, you know, kumbaya instead of great results and great numbers and great performance. Can you, can you, can, and I know that that's not your perspective, um, and you've proven it by what you've shared today, but can you put on your coach's hat uh, uh-huh. for a moment and, and share with our listeners some of the increases that you've seen, you know, both in employee engagement as well as performance that resulted in, in real numbers in a business, increased efficiencies, lower cost, improved financial performance, you know, for, to the larger organization as a result of you being able to deploy these strategies of excellent cultures so that we dispel this, you know, to me, an excellent culture is like what we saw the Seahawks do on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. where, you yeah. know, everybody's got each other's back. They're operating at the highest level of performance, and the opposing team's coach is scratching his head saying, whoa, we ran into a buzzsaw. What happened? Yeah. Uh, yet leaders, so many leaders think, oh, that's warm and fuzzy, squishy stuff. Uh, tell us about some of the the numbers and the things that you've been able to generate with great cultures in your careers, um, you know, as an IT professional? Yeah, w- one thing I'm really proud of is the fact that we are able to uh, maintain a level of churn in the organization through cultural change. Uh, like, as an a- example, at Providence, uh, with 190-plus people in IT, there's a lot of risk of employee turnover because sure, it's a big yeah. number. Sure. We could lose the grip with a lot of people. Sure. But we decreased the churn turnover to probably less than 5% over wow. a three-year period. Wow. What's the industry norm, Kurt? In a high-tech or even healthcare industry, you could see it as high as 15 to 20%. Mm-hmm. So 15 to 20%. And you yeah. basically, So you cut it, cut it by more than, what, 60% just by changing your culture? That's what I want to believe, but at the same time, I don't want to take the credit for it because it was a great organization. Yeah, it was your be. people who did it. It was yeah. your yes, people who did it. Exactly. And not only that, the costs around turnover, think about all the costs in recruiting, uh, replacement fees, uh, training. I mean, turnover rate also means dollar saved for the organization. And not only that, most important part is you retain the knowledge of that individual as, as long as they're satisfied and continue to do the great job for your organization. So, so to me, that's one of the more tangible things. And if they're there, they're energized, motivated, they're going to do things like optimizing operations, uh, streamlining uh, system portfolios, uh, providing excellent support for clinics, hospitals, et cetera, et cetera, that all have dollar signs attached to them. So uh, there are a number of ways we could quantify the benefits of cultural change, and it's going to change. It's going to differ from place to place, but I would say it starts with the churn and employee turnover. If you are able to retain them, like as an example, Seattle Seahawks, yeah, they lost a few people, but they still have the core people that's going to take them to the second Super Bowl this year. Yeah, I really yeah, believe well, that. Well, that's that's what we believe. So um, uh, the the last number that I saw on uh, cost of turnover was yeah. 40% of the person's annual salary. Yeah. And and as business leaders, there's there's not a unfortunately not a line item on the financial statement or on the budget or the operating report that says turnover expense. So right. it's so easy to not pay attention to that. But right. uh, when you look at, you know, the cost of retraining someone, of hiring someone, of recruiting someone, how long it takes them to get comfortable with the new job, and, and then the, the reverse of that that you've so well proven by, you know, the, you know, the 5% that you were able to reduce it to yeah. is, I mean, people who, are, who love their jobs and who are engaged in their work and they enjoy working for their boss yeah. are kind of the antithesis of the Gallup 70% disengaged poll. You know, those, aren't, yeah. those aren't the folks that are turning over, and they only turn over when, as in your case, uh, somebody hears about it in the marketplace and you get recruited to go work someplace else uh, that has more opportunity to offer than where you're currently at. You know, po- right. positive turnover can be a great thing, but when you've got frustrated, angry, uh, disengaged people who, as the Gallup polls said, hate their jobs and hate their bosses, whoa, um, not, not, a way to, not a way to build a legacy and pad your bottom line. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you continue to reinforce that, obviously, uh, with the talks and, and just being connected with the employees and actually being transparent of the performance of the organization with dashboards and metrics and things like that so they know what they do are contributing to the success of the department. So, so absolutely, Steve, I totally agree with you. Great insights, great insights. Uh, Might you be coach's hat time. Yeah, well, you want to you increase your bottom line, build a great culture. You want to cut costs in your organization, right. build a great culture. Uh, you want to decrease employee uh, turnover, build a great culture. You want to increase employee engagement, build a great culture. And if you're mm-hmm. an IT organization uh, caring about the people as human beings rather than just um, tools to be able to you know, perform the necessary functions makes all the difference. And it's not right. about warm and fuzzy. Uh, it's about business performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the difference Absolutely. between being a business pimp and a business builder. <laughs> so like what's, you just, you can say that. what's yeah. the punchline, Zach? What's <laughs> well, the punchline? I, that is the punchline. <laughs> End of story. Business pimp is I hire you to use you and abuse you and to get what I want to get out of you. And if you don't perform, you're out of here. And business builder is you want great people on your team, you build a great culture, and great people want to work for that, want to be around that, want to be a part of that. And want to give their best. And want to give their best. I I was shocked. I sat, you guys would both, you know, you'd slap this guy if you sat with him. But I I was coaching a leader the other day, and I won't go into the basics of what he said, and and I was coaching him towards an end goal uh, that was, was partly how he leads meetings and how he does stuff like that. And I said, so why do, why do you think that, that you didn't get the results that you wanted out of the meeting that you led the other day? And he, he went on to say a bunch of things, and I responded with, so basically you're saying that the reason you didn't get the results out of the meeting you wanted is because it was all the participants' fault. And oh. he's, like, he's like, yeah. Oh. And I, just, I buried my head in my hands, and I was like, yeah. you have to be kidding me. Like, yep. Yep. It's, it's not the people on your team. It's you. Like, and Kurt, you, I I do want to point this out because maybe listeners didn't catch this. When Steve was, when you were reiterating the great success that you guys have had and the turnover numbers that have changed, you said, I can't take credit. I I can't take credit for that. That's what great leaders do because we really don't, we're not the cause, the end all of it. Like Mm -hmm. our people are great leaders. You don't take credit for any of the successes and you take all of the credit for the failings. Like, Correct. That's what it means to be a leader. Yes, yes. And the employees have to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. As a leader, you have to be the front line for yeah. all the arrows coming their way. Yeah. And then present them as trophies when things are successful. Oh, Absolutely. That's, that's beautiful. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah. We have, Steve, we have, we have literally one minute. Do you want to give them a quick oh, coaching hack question? All I can say is a statement. Healthcare leaders, IT leaders, listen to Kurt's insights yeah uh because this is not about warm and fuzzy this is about true high performance and kurt's proven it time and time and time again with his philosophy of putting people first and doing it in a way that everybody wins absolutely kurt thank you for your time thank you steve and zach it was my pleasure and i had a great time thanks so much looking forward to talk to you soon absolutely all right you've been listening to biz culture matters on clay 1180 am send us an email right now ask the experts at excellentcultures.com and we will be with you next wednesday talk to you soon bye-bye